0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
1: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit EnergyCitizens.org, paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.
2: Webmasterradio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. Webmasterradio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now, here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music, and Ann Kennedy. Welcome
0: to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, co founder of Moz. And my partner in Outlines Venture Group. Together we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more at outlinesventure.com. Good morning, Jillian. Good
3: morning, Anne. How is it going?
0: It goes. It's another Monday morning. And you know what? What? We've got a really juicy topic for this Monday.
3: All right. What are we talking
0: about? We're calling it Six Rules of Survival for Startup Founders.
3: I like it. Six Rules of Survival for Startup Founders. Well, they could certainly use some survival tips because uh, startup is, uh, ooh, dangerous stuff.
0: Well, it's pretty, pretty uh, scary. It can be exhilarating. It can be mm-hmm. adrenaline pumping. It can also send you to the depths of despair from time to time. But today's topic really comes out of frustration, which okay. is another thing that happens, happens to everybody. You know, those moments of frustration,
3: we all have them, right? hmm Yeah, uh, I I think a few months ago you had quite the bout and just said, okay, time to throw in the towel or come up with another way to work. What did you come up with?
0: Well, what I came up with was neither throwing in the towel nor another way to work, except it kind of was. What I found was that I was thinking was here are my six rules for survival in startup jungle territory. Okay. <laughs> and, and they know you've heard me since that time refer to them from time to time. So I thought, why not give everybody the full Monty
3: here? Um, the Sound the uh, Ann Kennedy survival tips. Here we go. Right.
0: Yep. And actually, they also can be, uh, you can apply them to life situations as well. They're not just for startups and work. Here, right. here goes. Now, remember, I was highly frustrated and I really needed to draw a circle around myself to protect myself. So, as you know, I believe in setting uh, firm work hours for myself. I need the scheduling. So I have a schedule set as though I were going to a job somewhere else. And that's a whole other set of rules for home offices that we, we've talked about many times. So here is the number one rule for that I came up with for survival Uh, Working with startups, as you and I do quite a lot. And the first rule is no work emails after work hours, either read or sent. It will only spoil your evening.
3: And In truth, you're right. Good or bad or otherwise, you do have to draw that line. You're right. And then on the weekends,
0: unless I have set aside a block of time on a weekend to work on something – Related to work, which I do occasionally when, when I need to. But otherwise, on the weekends, only family and friends emails. Those are the only ones that I look at. And I keep a separate mail account for non work. You know, I have one for family and friends and one for work. So, as hard it is, as it is sometimes when things are jumping around in a startup and, you know, emotions are running high, as hard as it is to avoid opening that mail account. I really, really think it's a good idea to give yourself the break.
3: I would agree. Yeah, especially after last night. No oh. question about it. Oh, Jillian, what happened last night? Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> so, well, last night, two of my team members stepped on each other's toes. Now, Ooh. I'm just taking over the operations of this company. Um, you know, it's kind of a temporary thing till we get to funding, and then they go off and they do their thing as People probably listening to the show know at Outlines Venture Group, that's what we do, right? We invest mentor capital. We get deeply engaged with the company uh, in exchange for a small piece of equity, and then we kind of dive in, sometimes so much that we take over things like ops, which I'm doing now. So I've just done this, and the co-founder had been managing minutiae, Instead of teaching broad principles and managing teams, now there's a big difference between managing teams and managing minutia, right? Absolutely. We should do a whole show about this, by the and way. It's, it's going to be will. Called, Yes, it's going to be called the difference between managing teams and managing minutia. We're not going to get cute about the name, but we'll do that later. Uh, but the point is that uh, knowing that difference is your ability to avoid this chasm of micromanagement, and that's deadly to a startup. So my point is that it happened at night. It was the last moment. Something was about to go out the door. Somebody had done X, Y, and Z. And, you know, the co-founder thought, "Uh uh-uh, that wasn't good enough. Problem was that it all showed up after hours. And I did look at the emails and now I was busy managing all kinds of, you know, back and forth. And then I got a phone call from the co-founder and I got a phone call from the other guy. It was an investor. And it was kind of a mess. It was a total mess. And I went, wait a minute, I'm not going to answer either one of those phone calls tonight. I must have been channeling what you were talking about and I shut it down, right? So that was actually the most brilliant uh, decision I made not to deal with it by phone with either person until morning. And by morning, I had clarity around it. I morning I had moved from this person and that person right to we have a process problem I see where the problem is it stops at my desk the process will cure this from happening again or prevent it from happening again right at night I didn't have that all I had was a bunch of people jumping up and down
0: I do um, I'm really glad that you mentioned uh, the, the calls because uh, this rule was uh, based on the assumption that there would not be evening calls now <laughs> occasionally there are true emergencies that need to be dealt with for that I generally say text me you know if it's a real emergency right. you need right. me but the point about the emails is and your point about clarity is really important because it's all too easy to say all kinds of things in an email before you've gained clarity and hit send and plus right. you probably lose a night's sleep so mm-hmm. uh, that that's why uh, I think That is my first survival rule, and it has helped really feel a lot better about everything that I do as I stick to this. And every time I slip, which, of course, I do once in a while, I say – wow, I wish I hadn't done that.
3: (laughs) The other thing, by the way, is that, you know, people who are co-founders also have families. They do have lives. So, you know, whether you're married or you're single, doesn't matter. The point is that you have a life outside of business. If you don't nurture all the parts of your soul, and that includes stuff outside of business, you're going to find that you are just totally mentally exhausted. You never get the break. So not just from the management principle, which is really an important thing, giving you clarity to. Look at an issue, not get you know bogged down with things at night is an important thing, but also the fact that you know and everybody else knows that you're going to turn your phone off at X o'clock and now you're going to pay attention to family or your soul or whatever it is you must do, uh, that makes a big difference. So, okay. we, you know, so for so many reasons, we agree. Okay. We, we have
0: time for one more in this segment. <laughs> this is all amazing. Right. This is taking longer than I thought. <laughs> okay. All so all here, this here's, lot. <laughs> here's number two is I made a commitment to myself on paper as one of my second survival rule is to do my tasks and make my reports on time. And rather than letting them slip or letting uh, saying, well, it doesn't really matter because I am not happy with how this is going. And I thought, no, I have to be doing my job and, and I have to be doing my job, my assigned part role, and I have to be doing it in the appropriate time frame, so everybody else can. And I always take this back to my experience racing big sailboats where you had a crew of maybe eight people. And if everybody knew their job and did it, things went fine. When people started not doing their jobs or doing somebody else's job, it all fell apart. And, Absolutely.
2: And, you know, mm-hmm. which should
0: which get kind of messy out on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, so it was do my tasks. And you said, okay. you, I think you said something about time, the on-time part.
3: Yeah, I like that. You said you were going to do your tasks and your reports on time. And that's huge. It's not just getting stuff done, but getting stuff done on time. That is the commitment to the time timeframe. Um, you know, no matter how productive I am, I get this endorphin for getting, you know, the hit for getting something ticked off on a to-do list. We know that when you tick things off in your to-do list, you get endorphins, right? That's cool. It's even more so if you do it on time. So when you've got something scheduled, and you and I, uh, you know, talked about this just last week, we talked about getting things like your taxes done on time. You know, don't file extensions. Don't let it take up that mind share. This is a reference back to that problem where you get things nagging at you if you don't have them done on time. And even when you finally tick them off, well, it's a relief, but you know, there's still that nagging thing that says, I didn't do it well enough because I didn't do it on time. I would say that as a co-founder, make sure you do it so you get the example out to everybody else in your team.
0: And now we have to take a break to uh, give our sponsors a bit of time. We'll be right back with CEO Coach.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this.
1: at BruceClay.com
2: Conversion Conference the can't miss CRO event of 2016 join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas May 18th and 19th for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face to face in the expo hall. Get hands on with pre conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast, and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music with my partner and author of Global Search Engine Marketing, Anne Kennedy. Welcome back, Anne. Hey, Jillian. You've not only been writing that book, which you did some years ago, but you've been writing this wonderful list of six rules of survival for startup uh, founders. So now we have talked about things like no emails and phone calls after work hours. You set your work hours and then you take care of the rest of your life during the off hours. Critical stuff gives you all kinds of perspective and also takes care of your soul. The next thing was doing your tasks and reports and so on, but doing them on time, adding the time element to it gives you great endorphins and gives a really good example to the balance of your team. So what's number three on your list, Dan? Number three is
0: one that is near and dear to my heart. You know, when things go sideways, and they do, and people... Um, you know, get upset, or people have different opinions, or more importantly, they have opinions that don't agree with my opinions and my point of view, <laughs> which means they're wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Instead of uh, instead of uh, uh, succumbing to the urge to just write everything I'm thinking and argue, and especially arguing in email, which is terrible forum for discussion, yes. I this is rule number three. Wait calmly for everyone else to come to their senses.
3: Yes, I would think that's actually quite brilliant. I do employ that more and more, and maybe that comes with age. I think when I was younger, I would hop up and down a whole lot more than I do now. Nowadays, I hear things, and I go, you know, I don't really want to be hearing that. On the flip side, if I give them a few hours perspective will come. And often it does, even for younger people. Uh, But uh, just giving people time to sort out things in their own minds and to go through that learning process till they come to the right conclusions, or if you will, you know, conclusions that will put forward the company again, makes all the difference. And I find that a lot when I mentor CEOs. Do you as well, Anne, that that, uh, just kind of giving them an idea and they come back with this crazy notion and you think, well, let them think through it <laughs>
0: absolutely and what I've observed in many situations where I'm hearing things as you so eloquently put it I don't really want to hear this about this <laughs> that that I found that um, what I've observed is that people sometimes need to wander off in a bunch of different directions uh, you know try out different thoughts before their thoughts uh coalesce and that's what i mean come to their senses you have to give people time to process you can't jump on the first thing they said frequently the first thing they say they're going to regret later now here's an interesting outcome of all of this frequently when everybody else comes to their senses and they come back and i compare it to what i'm thinking i begin to see the sense in what they are saying and so it, it has like a, a beneficial process all the way around. We can understand each other better because we've all had a chance to process through what we need to process through, to work through whatever our emotional, instinctive responses were and come out and weigh those against the better good for the company and you know it just needs time nothing the impatience i think is is actually a very dangerous thing to to let get involved in this a patience is very very important so that's rule number 3 now closely related is rule number 4 it's a communications rule it's so important that another ceo of a small healthcare company here in my town wrote it down one night and put it under her pillow to sleep on (laughs) so here goes it is neither react nor escalate nor triangulate and wait for direction to act now let's take this apart a little bit the reacting escalating and triangulating are really really slippery communication traps and they're totally counterproductive you know reacting without thought escalating because everybody's getting excited and the adrenaline is pumping or uh, I think possibly the worst is triangulating where person A A talks to person B about person C without ever addressing person C directly which is where it needs to be because this all makes everybody feel like you know they're venting you know getting something done when actually it's very wearing and I think it clouds our thinking.
3: I would agree on so many levels um you know, calmly waiting for everybody to come to their senses. Just give people time to process. And that's in good situations as well as bad. So even if you're, I don't know, brainstorming and co-storming your, the future of your company – Make sure everybody's got time to think it through. Then the next thing would be the not reacting and escalating and triangulating. Absolutely brilliant. You're right. That is kind of managing the uh, communications process. And I agree with you. If you react too early, then you haven't given yourself enough time to process, right? And that's, you know, coming to your senses. You haven't given yourself enough time to process the viewpoints of the other person, whether they're in agreement with yours or not.
0: The end of the fourth rule is really important, too, and that is waiting for direction to act. And you might think this is waiting for somebody else to tell you what to do, but that's not what I mean at all. It's actually more of a direction that comes out of a sense of purpose, that comes out of having processed all of the above, and that gives you a way forward. Rather than reacting, you wait until there is direction that you are confident about to act, and then you act.
3: That makes sense. Now, as a co-founder or a founder of a startup, the buck generally stops at your desk. And so I think that waiting for direction to act would be waiting for all the input of your team members, maybe your advisors as well. And then that calm that comes from sleeping on it overnight, if you will. And then you figure out where am I going to head? It is astounding to me how often There's this woo-woo type of response in the universe. You know, when things look most black, if you stop thrashing about, the solution does present itself.
0: I think another way to phrase it is something I've heard you say before with reference to not working at night. And that is that this gives you time to think and observe the points of light. And I like that, you know, points Mm -hmm. of illumination. That's right. With fresh energy. And so if we say, you know, sleep on it. That's more than just a hackneyed phrase. I think that you do come back after a rest with a fresh energy and a fresh perspective. And I really like what you were saying, Jillian, if you're at the top of the leadership chain waiting for all the information to come in and then giving yourself time to process that as
3: well. Absolutely. you got to look at the whole playing field. Otherwise, you're playing chess with half an eye open. All right. So... Let's see. We're up to number five on your list. What's next?
0: Oh, this is a good one. Say no. You know, mm-hmm. the simple little two-letter, one-syllable word, no, flat out when it's necessary.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've got to go learn to get better at that, I would agree. But I, think I think we also, all do. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, because <laughs> we're all doers, and that's part of being a co-founder or a founder. It's part of being in the world of entrepreneurship. That's what we're doing, right? But the no bit is really also good, not just for self-preservation and preservation of time segments so that you can focus on what's truly important. But I think we get better at that as we get older. Again, just age gives you that ability to say no more frequently. And most of that has to do with perspective. So hopefully those young co-founders and founders who are listening will catch that a little earlier. And here's how you do it. You take a look at whatever's being asked of you or whatever permissions are being asked of your, t- you know, from your team, and you put them into a filter that says, does this move my company forward? If it doesn't, the answer is no. Similarly, when you're looking at your private time, remember those off hours we talked about at the beginning of the show? When you look at your private time, you ask this question, does this Forward or suit my purpose. And my purpose could be more time with my spouse, my children, my friends, more time alone, time to hike, whatever it is. It's always around time. What are you going to do with that time that's your personal time? And does it further that purpose? So, no is real important. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yep. And now, our purpose is to let our sponsors have a few words. We'll be right back with CEO Coach.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. NameJet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
3: And welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm here with my partner, Ann Kennedy. We're talking about Ann Kennedy's six rules of survival for startup founders. We've gone one through five. and what's your last rule for survival? Okay, I hope everybody's sitting
0: down. Keep a resignation letter handy.
3: Hmm. How does that work for a founder? How well, does that work? Well, tricky,
0: tricky, mm-hmm. and, and, and tricky also for somebody who is investing mentor capital, you know, because then you're an owner. Mm-hmm. But the first and most surface level, writing a resignation letter is a good way to – Release your own frustrations. I'm not saying you send it to anybody,
3: you just write Uh it
0: (laughs) and you put it in a file. And it's a good way to release the blockage of whatever the frustration is because we know frustration is a blocking emotion and it impedes processing what needs you need to do. So a resignation letter does that. Mm -hmm. However, I was really interested in something I read about an interview with Ellen Chisa, who of Kickstarter and Microsoft and a bunch of Mm -hmm. other things. In a first round review interview, I like to do a shout out to first round because they do Mm -hmm. great interviews. We use them a lot on this show. And she had some really good reasons for quitting and why it was important to be a quitter. She said there are just times that you need to recognize that, for instance, if you have been working for eight months on a project, it's hard to go back and change it, even if you have a hunch that you should. And that may be, it means it's time for you to move on from that position. So if you're a founder, that's very hard to do, but it may mean that you need to resign from, oh, I don't know, we were talking once about micromanaging, you know, mm-hmm. and take on a new job. They just, just give yourself some new thoughts.
3: So here's the thing. During that fiasco in the middle of the night and so on when I decided not to answer, etc., my first reaction that night was to plan, what will I say tomorrow? I'm going to get this whole team on the phone and we're going to talk. And my first reaction was to say, well, I will tender my resignation. In other words, be prepared to do it and say, right. I'm willing to leave this. When you do that, it actually frees up a huge amount of, how should I say, creative energy in your own mind. In this particular case, it was born of frustration. So we can put that aside. Everybody kind of gets that. But if it's your own company and you have founded it, thinking about how you would exit from it, if you say, nope, that's it, I'm willing to call it quits, under what circumstances would you do it? What would you do next? How would you face this concept of putting this whole thing to bed, right? You've gone eight, 10, 12 months, four years, five years, and suddenly you say, look, this isn't going to go anywhere. Know when you should say quits, and essentially you have mentally or physically written your own resignation letter. If you do that, it gets you past all that nonsense, and suddenly, again, you see the playing field, and you have clarity around what you can do that's an alternative to also quitting. But you're no longer running like a rabbit.
0: <laughs> I think there's a, and that's that's exactly where I was going to go from there the running like a rabbit or the gerbil in the in the wheel you know or the exactly. hamster wheel or whatever. I think one reason that giving voice at least to yourself, you know, something you keep privately is very strong is because it helps you see you do have choices. You are not trapped. And Correct. that trapped feeling is not a good place to be. We don't go into these businesses to be trapped. We go into them because we want to create some greater good in the world. And this gives you that one act of creating a resignation gives you an opportunity to say, yes, I do have a choice. There is another path that I could take. And then you can say, I choose to stay here. And that I think is a really, really important point. Another thing that Elisa brought up was a good time to keep your door and your mind open to moving on is, when you can't fix something, this is something she mentioned from her experience at Microsoft. She said when you're too ingrained in an existing structure to see truly original solutions, in a way, my interpretation of that is you become part of the problem, you know, and you yes. really should, for the good of everybody, step aside.
3: So, I would say uh, think of it like a maze. You're in deep inside a maze, and you can't see above the wall right the first thing you're going to do is race around like literally like a rat looking for its way out right and that is that trapped feeling it happens certainly when you can't fix something and you're ingrained in an existing structure it would apply there it would also apply to this idea that you should have written this letter of resignation once you do that you climb up on top of the maze And suddenly, as I say, you have the playing field. Now you can see all of the alleyways of the maze and make a better decision. Do I want to climb back into the maze? Do I want to get out of the business entirely? Can I fix this issue? Do I want to climb back into the issue and do I see a clear path out of it? So think of it really as a deep maze and you can climb on top by just deciding there's another way. I don't have to do this.
0: And we are out of time this Monday. I can't believe it. We'll put these six rules up on the Facebook page for quick reference. That's uh, fa- Facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast, as well as the first round interview with uh, Lisa Chizo. That's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio. FM for their support. You can download these shows through Webmaster Radio. FM, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web and you can find links and more on our facebook page do stop by and hit the like button so we will know you were there till next week till next
3: weekend
2: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.
1: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse?